I just want to put that on there so you get a rundown of what we're about to talk about. We are back. We are here. Tyler's still gone, but that doesn't mean we don't have the crew here. Lewis, say what's up. What up, guys? And then we are joined by a friend, family, OG of the pod. First, like, fan. First, like, community member, I guess, so to speak, on the pod. So this should be a good time. Skyler, say what's up. What's going on, y'all? So we're going to ask you, we got to talk about this. Um, who are you? Why are you a Rockies fan? Uh, and what's the best part about being a Rockies fan, I guess? Well, I grew up in Denver loving baseball. And there really wasn't any other choice besides being a Rockies fan. But them being so close to home. And that's just kind of, it's always been there for me. That'll do it. Yeah. Baseball's been, it's always been my, my passion. That's good. That's same here. I grew up in Western Nebraska, so I was, Rockies were right there. So it's about all I had to go to. Then there's Lewis all the way out in Tampa. Just like, Hey, I'm just going to like the Rockies for fun. Ha <laughs> ha. What an <laughs> idiot. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> yeah. You got Tampa right there. You can just <laughs> lean in and, but not doing it. Um, but we are here to talk minor leagues, baseball, um, and then talk a little bit about the rocks. And we're just going to hang out and banter session for a little bit. And let's start with our players of the week. Lewis, who is your hitter of the week? In the minors. Um, and, and when I say that hitter of the week plus like the last like two weeks or so, because we haven't been we haven't been recording for a while. So hitter of the week ish. Yeah, so I'm going to throw a name out there that everybody knows. Uh, Dio Amador. And he's hit two home runs already for double A. He was just called up. I think he's on the track to be on the major league team next year. But Ooh. right now, I think if you take the hype I have for Amador, it trumps any of the Zach Bean hype. Anytime okay. Zach Veen was – so I think Amador, I think the road of him, two home runs, his power is already showing, which is something that we kind of – we know the contact's going to be there, the discipline's going to be there. Can the power be there? I think it can. It's already showing. Although he's injured, though, so that's – just got injured. We'll talk about yeah. that Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Um, so you're saying your hype on Amador is more than your hype on Veen, let's say, this time last year? Yeah, anytime on Veen. At any time. Okay, yeah. Is it the plate discipline? Is it it all just coming together? What is it about Amador that just kind of gets you excited? He has a really high floor with the plate discipline and his contact ability. Even if the power doesn't show up, he's a good enough fielder that he can play in the MLB. Right, there's no yeah. doubt about it. He'll be there. Yeah, and you're predicting next next week or next year. So, yeah, we'll definitely dive into that a little bit. I think we that's a segment we have. Um, I love that. Yeah, don't know what the injury, injury, is, injury is. He was had a thing with his hand uh, about a month or two ago when he was a Spokane. So maybe it's a re-injury of that. Who knows? But just the injury bug is just making its way through the entire Rockies organization right now. Uh, Skylar, who do you got, big dog? So for my hitter of the week, I'm going to roll with Nick Kent, who went eight for 19. He only had three doubles, no home runs, no triples, nothing. But he didn't strike out a single time this week. Not once. Which, that's what we need. We need dudes that just got to cut down on the strikeouts. And yeah. My pitch of the week. Oh, no. Hold on, dog. Hold, oh. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. 
Hold on. We do hitters, and then we're going to our little segment. Oh, that's right. That's our one sponsor. We got to make that guy happy. <laughs> we got to keep this, the sponsors happy. No, yeah, Nick Kent is low-key on fire right now. He's had an incredible July and August, and I don't think he gets the recognition. He's he's a glove-first guy, too, and the fact that his yeah. bats are coming around might be a sneaky, sneaky late bloomer with Nick Kent here. Um, finally staying healthy for a season. Love that pick. And my dude is uh, Cole Carriage. I know I dogged on him when we drafted him. It's like, why is this our guy? But ever since he's made it up to Fresno, he's just been lights out. I'm trying to find the clip here. Dude man hit a go-ahead home run in the 10th inning last night. But that home run was a grand slam, um, which was incredible. And um, share screen. Let's see if I can get this. And so ever since he's just been with the Fresno Grizzlies, he's just been lights out. Here's his grand slam here. Just well hit ball, right field, 2-2 if you see it, bottom of the 10th, or top of the 10th, gives the, the Grizzlies the lead. Like, young guy, first professional season, and he's doing that. It's a good day for Cole Carriage. Um, but his numbers, absolutely incredible. Um, six hits. In the last week-ish plus, four of them are for extra base hits. And again, one of those things on him was he can play center, he can play short, he can play catcher. But where is he going to hit? There's no power. And here he is, just proving Tyler wrong. So kind of excited about Cole Carriage. Yeah, I like Cole because this draft was like a pitcher-heavy draft. Like, let's get the pitching right. And the one guy that we drafted earlier that isn't a pitcher is just killing right now. I think it makes up for it. Yeah, it's a nice little piece in there. I like how, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I really do like that. All right, and then let's go um, our Daily Controls Pitcher of the Week. Daily Controls is our one sponsor, like I was saying. Got to make him happy. Um, Daily Controls is an industrial automation controls engineer company that is excited to provide and apply its 12-plus years of experience in the automation and robotics industry. Go ahead and contact him. Go check out his website at dailycontrolsllc.com. Um, and he will travel. So if you're in Denver, you need some automation, whatever that is, he's got you. You need, you need help in Hartford. He will come out to you. He's all around. He's from, he goes to Mexico. He was in Texas the other day, um, Ohio a few times. So you need automation. Go to contact our, our, our dog, um, daily controls, LLC, who is your daily controls pitcher of the week, Lewis. I'm going to Nick Kennedy from Nascope relief pitcher. And with Nick Kennedy, the whole season's been rocky. He had like a like a uh, basically a five ERA August fifteenth. He's worked that down to like three point nine eight. He's had six point one scoreless innings since August twenty first. And he's not striking out a lot of guys, but he's getting a lot of ground ball outs. He's just being a productive pitcher. And with two more roster spots open, I don't think he'll be one of the guys, but his name could be in the hat. Although we might already know who the two guys are. Street banner, but <laughs> uh, checking my source now. Nope, <laughs> don't know yet. That'd be sweet though to be able to break that news. Yeah, Nick Kennedy is a dog. He's he's a old grizzly vet. He's been in the system for a hot minute. He's been grinding. Uh, he was with Albuquerque early last year, and he's been trying to just stay healthy and do his thing. So Nick Kennedy, big props to that guy. Skyler, who you got? I'm gonna drop down to Fresno and call out Connor Stein. Who's had a little bit of a rough year so far this year? Sierra just under six now. 
But last week, he had a pretty good start. Six innings, seven Ks, no walks. I Only a couple hits. I think it was four. Mm-hmm. And just finally found some balls to bounce his way. And didn't hurt himself at all. It was a good start. Something yeah. to keep building off of. He was... Yeah, he was good two starts ago, and he pitched last night. Um, he, I think he got into some trouble, but I think he still had some big strikeout numbers last night. I mean, you just told him. Um, so, Connor saying coming around, figuring out what it is to be a professional pitcher. And then my guy, Noah Davis, it's more of not the performances, but he's that next guy up type guy for the starting pitcher. He's been injured. He, I love his stuff. He's family of the pod, so, of course, a little biased when I say it. But last start, uh, I think it was Tuesday, he started for the Topes, went five innings, two hits allowed, but still strung with the walks with three walks in that time, but still has six strikeouts along with it. None of those walks ended up hurting him. He's gone five plus in three of his last four starts. So I think he's getting back into the groove and being back to a possible major league contributor. So Noah Davis, hopefully we're seeing him in purple pinstripes once again later this year. Um, and the Rockies are kind of just maneuvering. Pitcher goes down, pitcher comes up. That's kind of how they're handling the the rotation right now. Yeah, so I'm no- surprised Noah Davis isn't um, on the MLB team yet. I feel like pitching, we need it. We always need pitching. He's been phenomenal at AAA so far this year. I feel like, I mean, sim- I feel like it's an easy call-up for these two spots. Yeah, same. Like, I mean, we saw it like last week when they had Carl pitch those three innings and they – put him down. They brought up Gavin Hollowell. Like, why isn't Noah Davis just part of this rotation? Then you got Feltner possibly coming back. Feltner uh, news uh, is making his rehab start tonight for Spokane. Can't watch, but go ahead and watch the box score. But like, yeah, why aren't they just doing like a six man rotation or like put Chase Anderson or something in the pen and call up Noah yeah. and just have him long reliever. Get, yeah. Something. Yeah. Just make him a staple. Cause you know, he's, he's in the plans for 2024. He has to be. So yeah, he's a top five pitcher like next season for us for sure. Yeah, he's got to be in whatever role it is. He's got to be there. Um, yeah, so got some fun things. I mean, let's just go right into that. So it's September first. Rockies, the entire world's roster gets to go up two players. We get to add two players, um, extend our roster. Forty um, man consideration is still in play here. Who do you think the Rockies should call up with these two spots? Skyler, I'm going to start with you. If I were up in that office, it it has to be um it has to be Aaron Shunk and uh Bradley Pine. Wait, not wait. God damn it. Am I blanking on my own dudes now? Right, I mean, those I mean, are those so, are good names. All right, so Riley Pine. Make sure I'm thinking who I am. Riley Pine should be with the big league squad. Very Noah Davis conversation like. Um, he has the stuff. He's still his walk rate has gone down in Albuquerque. Don't have those exact numbers, but they've definitely gone down. Um, not sure what the Rockies need from him. I know he's kind of been off and on with the whole retirement thing, the number one status to where he is now. I don't know if that's still a mental block, i.e. look at Austin Gomber, Daniel Bard type vibes. Um, But he's been pretty good. Like he's big strikeout numbers, um, still wild pitches sometimes, but a hundred last season. Who gives it? 
like pints should be up with inkers. Like it should be happening. Yeah, let it. him learn. I yeah. mean, you give him you get you give him innings, he'll get better. It's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we're seeing that with Lambert right now. Like <laughs> he's been, yeah. yeah, he's been fun to watch. He might be my, one of my t- favorite uh, starters to tune in on. Just let let the growing pains happen. Come on, bud. Just let the kids play, bud. <laughs> Buddy. All right, all right. You got yourself together, Skyler. You ready? Yes. All right. Sorry. You're good. And yeah, it is Aaron Trunk for the other one. It'd be weird if it wasn't. Yeah, it yeah. it has to be. <laughs> he's he, right. Like, there's no reason not to. Uh, he's just been good all season. There's been a lot of guys that got to dip their toe in the water too, like Connor Kaiser. I feel like, I mean, for playing Connor Kaiser for a little bit, I feel like, I mean, Shunk should definitely get a shot here. So it's just, it's just where do you play him? I think that might be the biggest thing because you got Rymack at third. And then you got Brendan Rogers at second. Trejo can play each one of those. I also think that's why we're not Astros seeing Astros an everyday player, so you got to remember that. <laughs> Which is just insane. So maybe they just don't know what to do with Aaron Shunk because they, I don't know. But they call up people all the time and not play him. Ularis Montero and Michael Tolia took a while to get his feet foot on the ground. So why isn't Aaron Shuck just getting a taste so they can see what he's made of? Um, yeah, I just, his numbers are there. His track record's there. He's a top 30 guy. Um, his defense has gotten so much better this year. He was actually one of my guys. So I was ready to kind of talk about Shunky. It's uh, <laughs> just like, get, get rid of, uh, get rid of Castro, Castro bring up yes. Shunk and just all three guys up. And just make a rotation. Just make a rotation. Like, we can make it happen. Um, I like those pick. Pint and Shunk. I like that. You want to add anything about Pint? I. It's just time to see if he can actually contribute. Because he's never had, like, a full season until this season. And he's looked pretty good most of the season. So it's just, it's time to see what he's really made of. Like, He's been fast tracked to the majors pretty much because it's even with all these injuries, it's always been up a level, right? And it's just time to see what he can give us. Yeah, I agree. Like his stuff is major league ready, so let's let's go with it. Uh, who you got, Lewis? Uh, I'm gonna go two different guys. I'm gonna go Noah Davis. We just talked about him. I'm gonna go Sean Bouchard. I don't know if he's ready off the injury, but he had some power last year. I mean, I think he had a plus. I think he had over a thousand OPS. Granted, really small sample size last season, but when he got injured this year, I think you guys said it in the pod really early in the season, like that was huge. Like we mm. were big Sean Bouchard guys. I want to see him in the outfield every day. Although I say that for like four outfielders, so maybe we can <laughs> mix that. But I want to see him play, and I think he, I think he's a lot better than, um, like Pro Far. Like I don't want to drag on Pro Far because we got rid of him, but. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, Bouchard, I'm really high on Bouchard. So, and then Noah Davis is the same way. We've seen him play. He can pitch. He'll he'll implode sometimes, but he's a Rockies pitcher. So, and he's young. So, we'll, we'll, he can implode. I'll let it slide. Right. Yeah. You can, you can get, you can get that leash a little bit. It's going to happen. Growing pains, right? But I mean, Noah Davis has proven himself enough. Um, and so I think Sean Bouchard has too. Uh, last year, Sean Bouchard had 90, uh, roughly 100 plate appearances and sl- OPS 954 in that time. Like you said, huge Bouchard guys um, struggling a little bit in Albuquerque, which, 
you don't like to see because everybody should be ranking in PCL. But I think it's more of like these are his first 16 games in, in the whole season. Yeah. He should be with the big league squad. I think he is in the 2024 plans. I just have a feeling, a gut feeling that he's just going to be an isotope the rest of the season. I just don't think the yeah, Rockies want to put him up there. It would make sense, Nurse. Don't rush it. But I would – I'm not a doctor, so I'm <laughs> you know, I'm full throttle all the way. But it probably does make sense behind the scenes to leave AAA. Right. I don't – like, maybe it's a confidence thing or just, hey, we got Nolan, we got Doyle, we have Tolia, we have yeah. Castro who can fill in. Like, what what do we need Sean Bouchard up here for? Let's just get him his at-bats down, down in Albuquerque. It's kind of what it feels like. Because he's definitely a 2024 outfield candidate. Um, it'll be interesting. We'll have, we'll have that conversation in a little bit. Uh, I was going to ask a question. What's up with Brian Certain? He's on the 40-man. I'd rather him than uh, wins, especially for the future. Is he still injured? I think he's still on the injured list because okay. McIver is getting most of the playing time. not seeing anything on here. Um. Because he played one game in yep. May, one game in still June, on, and he hasn't played since. Still on the injured list. Yeah, so still on the injured list. I don't I don't know. I think I disagree with you. I think I'd rather have wins than Brian Servin. Just the defensive ability as wins. He's a catcher, whatever. He's a backup catcher, so I can completely disregard the offensive numbers. Um, he does well with the does well with the staff. Like I really like wins as a just a solid dude in the in the dugout. I don't know if Brian Servin was ever really that guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about Servin, so not to dog on him or anything at all. But like, I just never got that vibe about Servin, who's already what th- almost thirty? No, twenty seven. He's a little bit older. Uh, so no, he debuted at twenty seven. So yeah, twenty eight years old. But I get that vibe. Yeah, I like Wins. Wins is a good framing catcher. He does good with pitchers, which is good if we have young pitchers. But I feel like you can also find that kind of anywhere. But I like serving a lot. I think defensively, serving's a dog. On the plate, we still have, you know, mixed opinions. But yeah, I still got to show with that. Yeah. Pat. And I, I, go ahead. I'm taking Wins over serving just because we've seen what serving can give us. And I think that. Right now, Wins is better, and Servin's showing us that he's not anywhere near the catcher for the future. So I think that it's just time to be like, all right, he had his shot. He couldn't make it. It has to happen with people. Not everybody can make it. It's the sad truth of baseball. Right. So it's... and you, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, you have Willie McIver that's right there, very, maybe a little bit better power pop with the bat yeah. than Brian Servin. They got Drew Romo and Braxton Fulford right behind him. Um, so I don't, I don't, do we see Brian Servin in a Rockies uniform ever again? I don't know if we do. Oh, maybe. You're saying maybe he's starting next year. You think he's starting next year? I don't know about starting, but I think he'll, I think he'll be here next year. Okay. And you're saying injuries are going to get in that playing time. I want the injury. Diaz, then... Diaz isn't under contract next year, right? I think, I think he is. He's got one more year. Okay. That would make sense because we didn't trade him. Right. Yeah. Hold. 
<laughs> one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting older. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, slow down. But yeah, that's definitely one of them. Uh, signed through 2024. Yeah. Uh, so we got one more year of Diaz. So hopefully he's gone in June, July next year. I I don't think we're a playoff team next year. Uh, and to see where like, we're at. Most Rockies fans will agree next year is a see what we have for 2025. Yeah. I'm on record saying like we are pushing 500 next year. I'm putting this on the record now. I, yes, I'm going Dick on it. Like, I just think that, uh, just what we've seen with these young guys and what they're capable of. And then knowing what the needs are starting pitching. Like we don't need to go get a pro far next year. We can plug and play these young cats and in. They're good. You got Bouchard coming back. KB maybe gets on 60 games. Chuck will probably be back. We'll have that discussion in a little bit. But, like, you have the pieces to compete next year. Like, I mean, they're competing now. I mean, except for against the Braves. But, like, they're just not winning the games. They're competing. They're not winning. So, I think with the talent that's ready, I think we're good. So, I think they're pushing 81 and 81 next year. If games ended after the seventh inning, we would be like a winning team right now. Exactly. Like, let's just cut it off. Let's go old school. Let's go 2020 rules, double headers all day, ending at the seventh. Who says no? Just for Rockies games. Let all the other teams play nine. Just let the Rockies fans have their sanity. Only at Coors Field. We still have 10 to 12 games, and it would be awesome. Um, but I did want to talk about some of the other, um, articles that were talking about who should be called up. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts, a lot of ramblings around, um, purple row, Skylar Timmons, I believe. Yep. Timmons wrote it. Love what he does over at purple row. Go give him a listen on the affected by altitude pod and all their, the stuff they do. He does a cool segment of every Rocky ever, which is really cool. So shout out to Skylar over there. Um, but 40 ran hopefuls that can make the September call up. He put out Riley pint, Coco Montez which I, I think Coco should be the Castro. Like that should just be a pretty yeah. easy swap. Uh, Coco has, is very Eularis Montero-esque. He has nothing left to prove down in the minors. He knows what he needs to work on up in the majors. He needs to not swing as, as much, understand the zone. And from what we talked to him last year, he knows how to go about doing that. Um, and then non-roster hopefuls. I like this pick. We can maybe dive into it a little bit. Victor Vodnik. And Aaron Shunk. But Vodnik, the guy came over from the Atlanta Braves trade. Um, the big arm. He's, I think, number 20 on the Rockies top 30 list. Um, what do you guys think about Vodnik possibly getting a nod? Too early, I would say. Um, I think there's a lot of guys that go ahead of him in our system right now. I don't want him jumping those guys, if that makes sense. Like, I'd rather see, like, Nick Kennedy. If that makes sense, just I want to see what he can do in Triple A. Or is he in Triple A, Vaughn Nick? Yep, no. I think so. He is in Triple A. Just caught up. I don't know. A week or two ago. Yeah, he's been killing it. But I'd rather see like Riley Pine. I think there's guys that go ahead of him that we check out, like Noah Davis, Riley Pine. That, but yeah, I mean, maybe next year he'll definitely be in the plans. Okay. What do you think, yeah, Scott? I, I agree. I agree with that. I think it's just too early for Victor. Like, it's an interesting premise. And if we have some relievers go down, I'd for sure be willing to see what he's got. But it's just too early for him to be the planned guy right now. Right. Definitely a 24 piece. And, like, 
Rockies are loyal to a fault to sometimes. So giving Kennedy pint shoot Darnell Peterson at this point should be getting shots. Maybe before we go all in on Bodnick, Evan justice dude, man went from Spokane to major leagues in three months, which is absolutely insane. He's getting his licks right now, but they, they seem to have their guys kind of picked out um, and who they want to go with. I, I, Vodnik might be one of their guys. I, I, I think the Rockies are really high in Vodnik. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I think Michael Peterson might get a call up. He's my dark horse pick. Do we know what time the call ups are? Like the deadline is? Mm, no. Or when they can make the move? I like- think it's before the game. But don't okay. quote me on that. I mean, that would make sense. Soon. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Uh, and then Skyler also mentioned in the article some long shots. Adele Amador, there's no way. Carson Palmquist, I don't think that. I like those names. I like both of those names, but I don't think any one of them. We don't see either one of them in September in purple. Just not yet. Um, and then Roxpile. Now this one, <laughs> this was a reach. I don't know if you guys read it. Uh, Roxpile, Thomas Murray. Has some good articles over at Roxpile. Um, seems like a good guy. Haven't been able to talk to him. First name, I'm all on board. Give me Jimmy Heron all the time. Like he has had a very good season. He stole, I think he has 20 base stolen bases this year now. I think he just stole um, last night. He had a double steal with Winton that broke a Albuquerque Isotopes record. Steals in a month. So he's he's up there and he's slashing 302, 392, 504 at the time of this article. Plays solid defense. Um, he just kind of, all right, very Sean Bouchard-esque. And if you've listened to this pod, you, you've listened to me say that plenty of times. So I really like that pick. And then this is where he starts going a little little off the rails. Adele Amador. I just, I don't get it. Like, Timmons, long shot. Like, I don't believe Timmons believes Amador is going to get there. But he's like, yeah, why not? I don't know. Again, don't know um, Thomas very well. But Amador, he's all in on the number one prospect being a call-up who... Just made his debut two weeks ago in Hartford. I just, I don't know. What do you think he's thinking when he's writing this? Like, why should Amador possibly get a call up? I think he saw last year the Tovar go from Hartford to uh, MLB around this time last year. Although it's a completely different situation. Tovar, I think, played double A the whole year last year. Yeah. And, um, but I think he sees that. And I don't know. It'll sell tickets, though, if we do. Or maybe it probably won't, actually. But, <laughs> uh, Amador, I don't think is a household name yet, but yeah, I think it's too early. Even pre-injury, I don't think this is a great take. Yeah, I think it's just the excitement factor is what he's going for here. And I love to see it, but I don't think it's realistic this year. It's kind of the vibe I got it. Like, all right, Amador has had a heck of a season. Everybody's talking about a number one prospect, top 100 prospect. I think, what is he, like top 30 overall in all the systems? 21st. So. He is that guy, right? So he is that dude, but he started in Spokane and now is in Hartford. Last year, Tovar was in Hartford, raked for two months, got injured, and like Rocky's like, yeah, he's our guy. And then played a week or two in uh, Albuquerque and then got the call. Amador just isn't on that track. He's a lot younger, uh, about the same age, um, but just, just, it's not there. It's just not the same vibe as Tovar. And then his third guy, which, Getting your thoughts. He said Drew Romo. Now, I see why. I'll let you guys come and command on it. 
same kind of vibes for me as Amador. Like this is a name. I'm going to write about it um, and put it out there. But why are, do you agree, disagree with maybe Drew Romo getting a nod? I disagree. I feel like I keep going first, but I'm sorry. Uh, um, same, the same reason. I don't think he's ready. I want to. I don't want to push these guys up to the majors before they like they lose their confidence. I don't want that to happen. I don't want to be like the Angels who just shove all these guys straight up to the majors. I want them to let them develop. I mean, these guys are still young. We're not wasting time or anything, and we're not going to be good. So there's no point of rushing it too much. I'd rather there's going to be. You're going to be able to step up because there's going to be roster spots in AAA, AA, single A. So everybody will be able to move up a ladder if they're that good. And so, I mean, we'll see growing this month either way. Yeah, I think, uh, man, it hurts because I really love Drew Romo. And I think he is the catcher of the future. Once again, it's just too early, man. I mean, he struggled until, what, middle of June to start of July? Yeah. But then once he found his stride, it's I think it might be time for him to at least go to Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's the next step and like start working in that with that staff. I don't I don't know if Drew Romo's in the 2024 Rockies plan. It's not Elias Diaz and Drew Romo next year. I just don't think it's yeah. there yet. At least not until July or August, the deadline and yeah. D- Diaz's ship. This time next year. Yeah. This time then, next year we'll see Romo. And then we'd have wins in Romo or McIver and Romo. I think that's the key. I just, I don't think we need to get him major league experience. Now he'll get that next year. And I think that's enough time. Yeah. We're like, and, uh, go ahead. Sorry. And another thing is it's probably also too early to start the clock on these guys. Cause the yeah, second they get called up. Yeah. The second they get called up, that's the clock starting. And and we have a cheap owner. He doesn't want to do that. <laughs> and then you guys start worrying about it. But I mean, there's no way if he played every game every day until the end of the season, his service time still doesn't hit that year mark. So he could still play the rest of this year and then show up in July and play for about half a month. And then the service time hits. So, I mean, the service time would start. Yes. But I don't know if that's really that big a concern for Mr. Dick Montfort. Um, with his decisions and stuff. Uh, but I just don't, I just, again, I don't know if the Rockies are ready to call up a Drew Romo type just yet. There's other guys, other positions that they need to worry about, I think. Um, let's keep talking. Let's keep talking prospects. Who are some of the Rockies' most exciting prospects for you now, right now? Not looking ahead, just where they are right now, who's kind of like got your attention over these last this last year or so, um, who's just kind of got you excited about who they are, where they're at, and what they might be able to provide later on. And we're going to let you go Skylar, first, Skylar. Like, who are you excited about? Like, especially like as a fan perspective. I've got two names. The first one is Sterling Thompson. And he's just, man, he's looked good this year. He had that injury, and he came back from it. I'd almost say he came back from it as good, if not better. It's been awesome. He's been just killing it down and now he's in double a and still at the same level of production, just killing it for us. So he's really exciting me. And then there's also a dude down in the Dominican league. Um, his name is Derek Bernard and he's only 17 and he's been kind of sneaky good down there. He's been one of the best hitters in the DSL all season. You went deep in the archives for that one. <laughs> oh yeah. 
do you have his numbers ready to go or can you share yeah. a little bit about him? Um, so this year he has played in 38 games and he's hitting 324. Da, 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 da. Sorry, Fangraphs is all messed up right now. 324, 421, 576 with a K rate under 19 and a walk rate at 14. Oh, wow. Yeah, those numbers. I like those numbers. Yeah. It's like, who is this kid? Yeah. I need, I need more. <laughs> Say that and name uh, one more time for us. For us Derek in the Bernard. Bernard, okay. Yeah. And apparently he grew up in New York, but then moved to the Dominican or something. I don't know. It's kind of yeah, weird so what's going on with that. You start your um, professional baseball career younger if you're in Dominic, if you're in that um, Dominican Republic. So some people will move from the States down to start it earlier. The the catcher from San Diego, that's why he's so young and in double A right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, who's gonna be a stud, which sucks. <laughs> uh, I like that. Those are those are some names. I, I Sterling Thompson is the most major league bet ready bat in the system. He just he knows the zone, he knows what to do with the ball, he knows the what like the situation and what to do with the bat. He is he's a must see at bat. You might not get a dong, but you're gonna get a competitive at bat every single time. I love that pick. What about you, Skylar? Who who are you excited about? I just went. Oh, I'm gonna go Lewis. My bad. So I have, I have a couple guys. I'm gonna go Jordan Beck. He's been killing it. And then I'm gonna go any pitcher with a high strikeout rate. Uh, I look at like a Jaden Hill, Michael Prosecki. I when I look at pitching in the minors, I don't really look at ERA. I look at strikeouts. If I remember Herman, he would have like a five ERA, but he was striking out so many guys. They kept promoting. Him. And he, he found his command. He was able to find it. And he was an all-star pitcher for the Rockies. So I look at strikeouts. I think if you can strike out a guy, you can get out of the jam. You can do all this. So although at cores, that's probably not the best idea because ground ball pitching succeeds here. But those are the two guys pitching-wise. And then Jordan Beck, I think outfielder-wise, if you look at the roster, like prospect-wise, we have a lot of middle infielders, a lot of infielders. We need another like stud out for the field next to Veen for like way early in the future, like 2026, 2027, for him to really hit his stride. And I'm looking at Veen back. Those are the two guys. We have Doyle already. So I I mean, I mean, yeah, those those guys are killing it. Yeah, Jordan back. He like he uh he had a nice walk-off single the other day. Speaking of at bats, dude. Dude had the golden sombrero. Terrible at bats. I watched most of that game. Watched most of his at bats. Was like, oh, this is—he's lost. He had no idea what was going on. Four strikeouts, four at bats. Like each at bat was like four or five pitches, and then comes in. That, did Did you guys tweet about that? If I remember, you guys tweeted. Yeah. And then he hit the walk off. Like he was yeah. struggling. Yeah. Him and Yank went zero for eight, seven yeah. strikeouts through yeah. like the nine innings, and then the tenth inning came up, and then Jordan back just was able to, to just drive, hit it hard right up the middle and just got me, got us numbers on the Twitter. Like Vols fans are crazy. Like they love their Mike Concho. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. But like baseball is hard. And like, again, we're going to see Yank. We're going to see back. These guys are big time power bats and there's going to be big time strikeouts with it. Go look at uh, Hunter Goodman's June against, if you've been listening to us, you know, you know where that's going. 
be patient with these guys. They are going to be able to go over one for five with four strikeouts and still get you an RBI single. Um, there is talent there. So Jordan Beck, he's one. I like that pick. He's one I'm kind of excited about and really just really proved himself this year. Like Sterling Thompson and Jordan Beck kind of growing up together is going to be kind of fun to watch and see where they fit into the plans. I, I have two guys, one, both friends of the pod again, a little bit biased, but not really. Uh, I'm huge on Joe rock. Kind of like what Lewis was saying, the big strikeout numbers. Um, last five starts, three of them has seven or more strikeouts, six innings, seven strikeouts. Last time, um, beginning in the middle of August, nine strikeouts and in six innings. Uh, he had that one game, for 12 strikeouts, broke a Hartford Yard Goats record. Um, and with that, the walks aren't there. Zero, one, two, one, zero, two, one. Like, not a lot of walks along with it. Still giving up some hits. Um, I think it's very kind of Justin Lawrence-like with that sidearm, big stuff. You kind of see it more often. So when he kind of figures out how to work on that tunneling, that deceptiveness, I think he's going to be a dog. I think he's one of my dark horse picks to get a Timber call up. Very Noah Davis-esque like last year. Like you are part of the next year. We're going to get you some some time up here so you kind of know what it feels like. So Joe Rock, big on him. Uh, Big strikeout numbers. Good guy. And then Braxton Fulford. I just like his just overall aura, I guess. He's been injured, uh, so his numbers aren't quite showing it. He just hit his second home run as a yard, yard goat the other day. First since when I saw him in Akron in the middle of June. Um, so his numbers aren't quite there, but he just everything about him shows professional baseball player. He is that next catcher. I think it's going to be Drew Romo. Give me Drew Romo and Braxton Fulford for five years as a catching duo. I'm stoked. Like, and I think the pitchers like throwing to Braxton. Um, I feel like Gabe, Gabriel Hughes and Braxton Fulford had a pretty nice connection on the mound. I'm I'm excited for Braxton Fulford and seeing what he can do as a full time next year at Hartford. Kind of see what he comes up with. Just there's a lot of talent here. I know we're still middle of the road as an organization, but there is a lot of talent that's in the next two or three years. Kind of what we're seeing now. I think we have this year for the next two or three years. We have a lot of guys you could be excited about. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Drew Romo. I don't know who the best catcher in Rockies history is. I don't know if there's like a debate about that. Drew Romo in five years could easily take over that debate. Because it doesn't it won't take much. No, I don't think we've had a long term guy. No, I you think got you do it in three. Yeah. You got you're you're fighting Chris Ionetta, Jorvis yeah. Torialba, just because his his question is. And then yeah. Elias Diaz yeah. might be the <laughs> best catcher. Yeah, you're not you're not too far fetched with that. That's not a it's a hot take, but it's not a terrible take. I kind of like that one. Um, all right, r- quick rundown: 2023 draftees and appearing in for MILB affiliates. Tell me to stop if you want to talk about one of them. Um, so we've seen six or seven guys go that have already been drafted. Sean Sullivan made his debut. Go look at the clip. Um, put some strikeouts on the Twitter uh, a few days ago, two innings pitch, six strikeouts, 21 strikes out of 25 pitches. Absolutely insane. And he is that big strikeout guy from Wake Forest. Seth Halverson. That was the guy I was trying to think of on the rundown. Um, eight innings pitch across Spokane and Hartford, eight hits, four and runs, three walks, 11 strikeouts. And he's the guy that's touching triple digits. Um, so I think he's going to be kind of fast track next year. We do see Seth Halverson in the Rockies bullpen next year. Uh, Kate Denton, friend of the pod, made his debut last night. Two innings, a scoreless run. Um, ball, 
two strikeouts and a GIDP, which was nice. Our boy Cole Claridge, um, three triples, two dongs. Kind of impressed. To only 10 strikeouts in the 65 plate appearances um, in that time and still has six strike, uh, stolen bases. Kyle Karros. 255, 364, 291. Not quite finding his power yet. Um, but six RBIs, eight walks, 11 strikeouts. And then Aiden Longwell has been up for a little bit. Don't have his numbers ready. But it's kind of exciting seeing most of these guys from the 23 roster uh, draft pick getting picked. Um, do the Rockies, going right to that, let's go to the Rockies. Let's end our time together with the Rocky Talk. Do the Rockies bring back Chuck next year? Lewis, you're up. <laughs> this is your dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have to. There's no – I mean, look at the difference with Chuck in the lineup. The offense is night and day so much better. He's raking right now. He's getting a hit every other at-bat. Um, he's working counts. There's been a couple counts, especially when I was down in Tampa watching the games. He got down 0-2 and was still able to make a hit out of it. Um, he's a great leadoff guy. He gets on base a lot. And I think veteran presence, we need that in the locker room, and he brings it. He's not going to break the bank. You know, we spent seven and a half million on Profar. I think it's only going to be like 10 mil for Truck. So I think if it's a no brainer for one year. Uh, <laughs> uh, I. He is maybe the Rocky for me because he's probably. I started watching heavily probably around when he came up. So this hurts a lot to say, but I don't think we should. I I think it's just we need that roster spot for younger dudes for the future. Because at this point, we're just running out of outfielders. Because um, we have to have Nojo in the lineup next year. We have to have Brenton in the lineup next year and hope to God that he can figure it out. And then, then we have... Bryant, who's going to be stuck playing DH probably. He'll be on and the IL for half the season. So. Yeah, that is very fair. I just I just think it's time to let Chuck kind of... I'd say give him two options. Give him one year with Atlanta to see if he can <laughs> win a ring, which, oh, that hurts to say a lot. But it'd be cool to see him go get a ring with his hometown team. Or give him basically a lifetime contract as a coach as a special assistant kind of like what we've done with uh any help your guys uh todd helton yeah todd but i was thinking of Oberg. who am i thinking of um yeah i know there's another one that he's still on the payroll too god damn it i <laughs> no idea well, just well, a lot of rockies out there well let's yeah. we'll go get mike on that one uh, but so the Atlanta take might not be terrible. I don't think the, I don't think Atlanta brings them in. Just, I don't know if that's how they do things, but I, I think know, he, he's a cool bench piece for him. Yeah. I think he could be like a fourth outfield fielder DH playing every once in a while. Cause they do kind of rotate. They do kind of do their thing. I don't, I, I don't know. That'd be cool. Better the Braves than the Dodgers for sure. Oh yeah. Um, But Is we'll it, see. Go ahead. Vinny Castilla, is he still? Yes, oh, thank oh, you. Vinny, you're yeah. thinking of? No. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in the dugout every night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He yeah. um he deferred his payment, so we're still he's on the payroll, like as a player, still 
52K <laughs> a year or something like that. Um, I think with Chuck, year. though, he brings – I think you need a veteran presence in the locker room. I mean, that's I think that's a given. And we we have good pitching veterans, but I feel like we don't have a hitting veteran. I guess you could say Chris Bryant, but he's on the I.L. every other week. And we have – he can play third, he can play first. I think he can move him around. We have that DH spot. Chuck doesn't have to be in the field every other day. He can he can sit in the DH spot. He can he'll probably play two up two of like two games out of every three, you know. So it's not gonna be like he's wasting all his at bats. He's at least like good, you know. Like we're not wasting, yeah. you know, like I'm not gonna say his name because I feel bad. I feel like I drag him every time I talk about him, but there's a lot worse outfielders we could be giving at bats to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I I don't think any Rockies fan is mad if Chuck comes back. And I don't think any of us are mad if he doesn't come back. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like we we lose a lot, so let's at least win like morally, you know? Let's get a moral victory in there. I feel like bring <laughs> Chuck back is a moral victory. That's where we're at now. <laughs> Just, yeah. It's the small victories that we need to get ready for whatever Rockies fandom is. Um, yeah, I can see a 10, a 10 year contract, uh, 10 million, one year contract going forward. Um, please, um, Hunter Goodman, your mom's favorite player has made his presence known. Um, how do we feel about Hunter Goodman so far? Your mom's favorite player. We are making this happen. Patrick Lyons. He is not a raker. He is not a groundskeeper or whatever nickname you're trying to do. You're not doing it. Your mom's favorite player, Hunter Goodman. How do we feel about him in purple so far? Take it, Skyler. I like it. I haven't been able to watch games the last couple of days. It's been chaos here. But from everything I've seen, it sounds like he's been awesome. I, I just like it. It's what we need to be doing. <laughs> yes, get these guys playing time. What about you, Skyler? Uh, Lewis? Yeah, with the guys you call up from AA, you worry about, like, are they even going to look like they belong? And he's done more than that. He's looked like he's belonged. He's made plays defensively against the Orioles. He basically won us the game, game-winning RBI, then made a great play defensively to end the game. He looks like an MLB player, and I mean – your mom's favorite player. Like, that's how it goes. I think you guys put the like a, a tweet out or whatever they call it now, like what his nickname should be, and all of them were just awful. Nothing compares to your mom's favorite player. So <laughs> he brings power. He's already had a couple extra base hits. If we're going to play young guys, I mean, this is like the perfect young guy to play. He looks ready to play. He looks like he can com- compete. I mean, sky's the limit for Hunter Goodman and your mom's favorite player. Absolutely. He's his strike. He's going to figure it out. His strikeout numbers is like at a 30%, 33% strikeout rate. Um, what is he? A five strikeouts out of 16 at bats. So that's still a thing. He's got to figure that out, but he's has some pretty good at bats. He's shortened his swing since I saw him in Akron, his late strike approach has become more compact. And I think he's kind of, he's fixed that. He's worked on that a little bit. Um, and just more time again, 16 plate appearances, but they've been, outstanding every single time so definitely here for the your mom's favorite player vibe that we have going on right now can't be mad about it um and then let's end it with this and then we'll talk about the playoff opportunities for the minor league squad because i think there's only like nine more games left but we got friday saturday sunday and then we got next week and then the minors are done we only we got a week left of minor league baseball which makes me sad a little bit uh 
at what point do we get a little bit worried about Brenton Doyle's offensive struggles? Um, there's some tweets out there, some information, just stats. I love Brenton Doyle. Um, but he is the worst hitter in the league. And I think he's the worst hitter of all time um, with the amount of play times. I saw um, friend of the pod, Luke put out there, his WRC plus was like 37, which is like the worst out of 2,600 people, players or something like that. Um, this it's ugly at the plate with Brenton. It's who he was though. In the minors, like it's like, this is no surprise, right? There's some pop and there's a lot of swing and miss that kind of stuff. But at what point do we kind of like, all right, gold glove defense, very terrible hitting. Where's that fine line there? Yeah. Um, out of all players, he's one of the few with like a positive war on this team. I think it's pretty obvious. The defense does make up for the offensive struggles. And this is like a conversation we should be having if we were like a good team. Cause I can promise you Brent Doyle isn't the reason we're losing games. He's not even close. Like it's the pitching. It's we have so many more problems ahead of Brent Doyle. I don't think we should really be worried about it. He still has I mean, he still give him some time. If he bats like 220, I'm okay with him being the best. I mean, he's been the best center fielder defensively by a pretty good margin in the whole league. Hands down. It's not even debatable. He's is he, you guys think he's gonna win a gold glove? Because I haven't heard that talk, but I think he should. I think he should too. He's it's definitely just, gonna vote. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth having him bat ninth. He has good speed on the base pass too. He brings stuff like that. He can he can run out an infield single. I think he has so many good tools. I know he can't really hit it. He does at least have a couple home runs in there, which is good, you know, so he'll he can have the long ball. He has so many good tools, it's worth it. I mean, he's positive war. I, I don't think it's close. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy after the numbers I said, and then you're coming with me with positive war. Like, you are <laughs> that good defensively. Yeah, it, uh, he at least deserves all of next year in center field yeah. to see if he can piece it together at the hit and become, or at the plate and become a dude that can hit, I don't know, 80 WRC plus even would be like, all right, this guy is for sure the center fielder of the future, but it's just, he needs all of next season. And then, I think that's really when the discussion comes up because this offseason, everybody was talking about like, hey, what would a defensive first center fielder at Coors look like? And then they decided to do this. Yeah, we've been we've been waiting for this for a very long time. Like yeah. we, we thought we might have had it with Kevin Pilar. <laughs> Didn't quite work out. <laughs> we haven't seen a center fielder since Dexter Fowler who could play center and also hit. So give give us all this. I think Next year, see where he's at. If he's winning the gold glove and still being able to steal 20-plus bases and maybe get you 15 dongs, I think we're okay with that at Coors. Um, very, I know it's catcher-like numbers, and you kind of want that. You're okay with that from a catcher point. I don't, I think in Colorado, you need to change that mindset with the center field production just a little bit. Like You yeah, need how that. How huge the, the yeah. field is. Yeah. And I also, I think um, MLB, I think there needs to be like, if you hit a single and then steal second, I think they should count it as a double. Just to give it some slugging number? Yeah, it should increase. Because, I mean, it is just technically a double if you steal at first pitch. Right. I think, I think that would help Doyle yeah. out a little bit. Um, 
But I mean, yeah, we have the biggest center field in all of baseball. I mean, we're going to need a guy back there. And you said catching numbers. You you don't mind that. He's saving pitchers. I mean, we've seen him like it's like three times a week. He saved a double or triple, and he's that's like a couple earned runs each week. I mean, it's it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, give me give me two twenty batting average, a, a seven fifty OPS. I'll even go seven twenty OPS. Yeah, a couple dongs, stolen bases. Like he could easily be a fifteen thirty guy. Um, and still still bat two fifty two twenty, but Gold Glove votes up the wazoo. Like I think I don't think we need to be worried about Doyle, and the Rockies, as terrible as they are, they still are going to give you a show defensively every single night. Nojo's going to do something crazy. Brenton Doyle is going to do something crazy. Ryan McMahon had a hell of a play two nights ago, which was insane. Tovar has the capability. Brendan Rodgers, gold glove caliber. Like, it's just nuts across the diamond. Diaz has a cannon. You're going to see him throw somebody out. Like, it's fun to watch the Rockies for about seven innings, like we said earlier. Give me seven innings of Rockies every single night, and let's roll with it. Uh, you're, you're going to see something cool. Yeah, it's crazy that teams are still running on Nolan Jones and Grant Doyle. I, you can't. You can't have <laughs> yeah, this point, man. The that we're man. throwing guys out is crazy. It's, every game we're throwing a guy out of play or at second. Abs- absolutely insane. Like, every time I see, like, a grounder and there's somebody on second, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> to see it. And then I think the Braves, like, held him up one time. Then they sit, or And then somebody was going to second. I don't know who hit it. Like, you're an idiot. It was just out by Yeah, I think it was Acuna. Like a, or... Was he Albies or Acuna? It was one of their yeah. dogs. Yeah. And so that was like, stop doing it. You can't do it. There's seven all-stars in that lineup. Dude, could you imagine yeah. having a lineup one through eight with 15 plus home runs? And then like one through three has 30 plus. Like <laughs> we'd love that problem. It'd be so seven, nice. Seven dudes with 20 or more. Yeah. It's nuts. I saw that the other day and it was just like, what is going on? It's it's insane. It's insane. All right. And let's finish with this. We have playoff hopes. Like I said, there's nine games left. Some of our affiliates have a chance. Some of them don't. Our ACL and DSL, they were knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Um, go look at that that um, report. I think DSL was out by uh, Rock Smiley League report writing for us. Isaac over there. So go check out the website. and You can find that blog there. Um, yeah, I want to – Go ahead. I want to – if you guys don't – every time I look at the minor leagues, I just look at DSL and I just kind of like read it. I read the article. I didn't realize the way the playoff was formatted. It's really unique. Go ahead. I want everybody to read the article because I did not know the way it's formatted. It's I had no idea either. It was it was very yeah, uh, informative. I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's baseball is different. They change it like all the rules all the way across. It's cool. Yeah, because you can just like switch players. Like, all right, we're gonna make this team a little bit better. This team really good. Yeah, <laughs> it was it, it was a good piece by Isaac. Nice job. Um, so Fresno pretty much has it locked up for the second half. So if I my computer doesn't freeze on me. They will be playing um, San Jose in the first round. Um, they they won the North in the first half. So Fresno is winning the North in the second half. And then there's a, a South division there. So I think they play a one-game playoff, and then they go to a three-game series for the championship against the South, side, uh, South division. So Fresno, they have an eight-game lead, um, or two-game lead, elimination number of eight against the Modesto Nuts. So we'll be watching that close, closely as we go forward there. Um, our friends up north in Spokane, pretty much out of it, not completely eliminated. 9.5 games back, 25 and a 29 record in the second half. Uh, just not seen it happen. Um, sorry. Sorry, all of our fans that are up there. 
just not going to be this year. Hartford Yard Goat. Nope. Ah, there we go. Hartford Yard Goats had a really good push to start. Not looking good. Nine and a half games back with a 23 and 30 record. Um, still technically not eliminated. Got to catch up to Somerset, but I think they pretty much have it locked up. They're actually trying to get second because Somerset won the first half. So Binghampton Rumble Ponies, they are six and a half games back of Binghampton. So keep an eye on that. Basically, do they Harper play Binghampton out. next week? Uh, maybe Mike can get on that while I get the isotope <laughs> schedule up. Um, and then Albuquerque have a shot. As terrible as they started the season, they started the second half very hot, have cooled down a little bit, but they're 30 and 24. They are trying to catch Round Rock. Uh, four games back. Um, so I actually, I know they played. No. Where are they? They're in Sacramento right now. So they're not playing Round Rock. They played Round Rock last week. Um, so Albuquerque, four games back of Round Rock. And that's a. Pacific Coast League East and West. So they're second in the East. The Yard Goats do play Binghamton next week. Okay. So a huge series. We need the Yard Goats to, so six and a half games. So we need Binghamton to lose at least two this week. Hartford to win two, make up some ground there, and then win four of six, hopefully, if that happens. Yeah. Then oh, there's that's... a there's a series after that too. So there's oh, they have two more weeks. Yeah. There? Two series left. Okay, I got ahead yeah. of myself. All right, so we have some time. I got ahead of myself. One of the leaks in soon. So maybe that was the home Single series. A. Is Fresno almost? Is Fresno done this? Week? I think they're almost yeah. over. I know. Um, I listen to the Albuquerque radio a lot at work, and so I don't watch the games. I listen to them, and I remember they were talking about how the first half and second half. It's a huge night and day situation. Like you can suck the first half, but you have a chance in the second half to make it all back. It resets everything back to zero. So that, that's huge. They have a chance because they start off really, really rough. Like it was bad. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes this whole playoff reformation in the minors so yeah. much fun. Cause there is a different halves of the season. Um, the, the playoff series goes really fast, but it is fun to kind of follow and watch and like, it's almost relegation. Like <laughs> it's fun. Uh, so Hartford has a chance. Isotopes have a chance. Fresno pretty much has it locked up. So we'll watch those over the next two weeks um, and do our best to keep you updated. And I, th- I think we're, I think we're good. Is there anything else for the good of the cause fellas? I think we nailed everything. I think we killed yeah. it. I think we did it. Skyler, thank you for hanging what? out. Thanks for having me guys. I was ask, is... My bad. My bad. What's up? I was going to ask, what is the worst case scenario for, because uh, I was talking to one of my friends. I said, the last thing I really want the Rockies to do is to start winning games. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense. Like, the I don't worst want case. Dick to get all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the worst case scenario is they are winning these close games at the end. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is the worst. Like, it's awesome that they have the talent and they're competing. And it's even better that they're losing it. Uh, and in the most nicest way possible. You You don't want your team to lose, but. If they lose, they lock up a top three pick in in the well, not, well there's a, the, the lottery because knowing the Rockies, right? We have the worst season of all of, in franchise history. A year after they introduce a lottery, yeah, so we don't even get like a top three pick. So we're probably gonna be picking at like nine again. <laughs> we're fighting for a top three draft lottery, lottery ball, yeah, because yeah. the worst three worst teams get the same amount of probabilities. So. Be in the bottom three. I'm not sure where we are standing right there. 
I think we're last second. Last I checked, last. we were second to last. Perfect. Yeah, and we're not going to be last because Oakland is. Wow, they're really bad. But White Sox are pushing the envelope right now. The Royals too, but I think we're we've been so bad recently. I think we're we're going to lock top three up. Where are we at? Um, so Mets sixty one wins, Cardinals fifty eight, Rockies forty nine. Yeah. Okay, so we are dead last Third. in the National League. Yeah, we're by far the worst. And then Athletics thirty nine wins, Royals forty one, White Sox only at fifty three though. They only have fifty three wins. Yeah, we have a tough oh. schedule though. We have a really tough schedule. That's that's good for us. Our <laughs> easiest opponent is Padres. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Padres. At San Diego, so that's going to be a couple losses. Yeah, hopefully. Let's knock on wood there. We yeah. want all the all the L's. Give us a hundred loss season. Maybe that makes Dick kind of wake up a little bit, and that just solidifies our top three draft slot. Uh, Could fellas, can you imagine that a hundred loss season in the season we were supposed to be around five hundred. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a little slap in the face, you know. Yeah, he's not gonna eat his words though. Like he's got to He's got to have that mentality. You want that mentality, yeah. but saying it out loud is hundred <laughs> team at course. Yeah, it's terrible, um, <laughs> fellas. As always, go rocks, mighty league affiliates. Woo! Perfect. <laughs>